welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart. And you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Amy, I'm so tired. <laughs> you, I said to you when you oh. came on Skype, you look tired. You look really dehydrated yeah. and tired. Yeah, that's, that's possibly a thing. Um, I mean, we'll get into that a little bit more later on, but that's maybe why I can't words so much today. And you've been at work on a Saturday. I know, I know. Work on a Saturday. And I'm sure there's those people that actually work Saturdays all the time. But I don't work Saturdays. I work Monday to Friday. So it's completely thrown me out. I'm completely confused. I'm knackered. I don't know why. Like having to go into work when you're not normally in work is just so much more taxing. So yeah, I think we've both done endurance events today. Yeah, yeah. So the, it's going to be a banging episode. It's going to be a big episode, yeah. everyone. Strap in. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be fun. It's all going to make sense. <laughs> so the Barkley Marathons—they've just happened. Just a good yeah. segue there. It had like three finishes or something, and Jasmine Paris was the first one to start loop four. But is anyone else kind of over it? Like, I watched the documentary, as lots of us did a couple of years ago, and the first one came around, and we're like, oh, this is really cool, it's really exciting. And it came up around again last year, and then this year, and I'm like, yes, it's all right. I feel like the stuff we see often from the photographers, stuff like that, it's sort of, because it's the same, well, it's not the same course every year, but it's in the same area every year, and it's the nature of it is is more or less the same. I think from the outside, it looks kind of, repetitive and boring but I'm quite interested in the people who actually did it and their experiences so I think the reason why the documentary was so popular because it followed those athletes yeah. as they were doing it and that was like really interesting and I've read a book um oh I can't remember the name of it now it's called like Beyond the Yellow Gate or something like that about a woman's experience of doing the Barclay Marathons and that was really good so I think it's just a case of I want to hear more in depth about what mm-hmm. happened out there because that's kind of like a mystery and you just get snippets of it. And then it, other than that, it's just pictures of people going up a hill with lots of like spiky, whatever it's called. Yeah, because there is called. very little coverage of it as it happens. Mm. There's like one guy on Twitter who like sends thing out. But like he was, I do, in a way, I quite like it for this, but he was saying like, I've, I've got the the people who have been through the first checkpoint, wherever it was. Uh, it's tall guy, tall guy with hat, guy with beard, indistinct guy, woman with hat, and things like that. Like that's that's the best coverage we're getting of this, which yeah, is kind yeah. of good in a way because it is very, it, it's out of the kind of media. It's not oversaturated, but then it's like, it's not quite enough. And plus it's just me and I don't really follow like big ultras anyway. So I don't know who anyone is. I only yeah. recognize like three names mm-hmm. and it's like, it's really exclusive. It's because it, it's an invite only as well. It just feels a bit like, mm. mm-hmm. I mean, I you know elitism is a, is a thing in sport because it has to be, because it, it, it's the elites. It's the best people that run, but this isn't quite that because it's, invite only so it's a little bit kind of pick and choose who you want to be there and it's just kind of far away and I just don't I don't know I've just it just seems to happen every year the stories are kind of the same each year I'm, I don't know I'm just a little over it I'm just grumpy yeah. I, I, I like it when you know like I said the books I've read about people who've taken part they're always interesting because they've got interesting lives that have mm. led them up to that point so when it's integrated within that narrative I'm like, oh, this is really interesting to read and stuff. But I think when you're just looking at it as a standalone race, and yeah, it gets a bit... And also, three finishes? It can't be that hard. I mean, yeah, three this year. Easy. (laughs) It must have been an easy year. It must have been all flat. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know what the big deal is anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, I think, as I said, that's just me and kind of 
big name ultras now, I kind of don't care in a way. Which is odd, because I always say, like, really big ultras should be bigger. Like, the winner of UTMB or the winner of whatever big thing. They should be more famous. Mm. Like, you, you know, the best 100k runners in the world, like, should be as famous as the best... 5,000 meter runners in the world I don't know it's just because there's no coverage because it's difficult to cover and it's be very difficult for people to watch 100k I guess but it's just Mm. they are kind of the best runners in the world at that certain thing but they don't get any media but then at the same time I kind of don't care either so I don't know what my point is at all (laughs) fair enough Let's just move on. Let's catch up the last episode. Caroline, the average athlete at Average Maybe, said, Thought you'd love the event info for Cambridge Half Marathon. Not only is it a PDF, but there's a bullshit page-turning thing with added swoosh sound. Now, this is, uh, of course, talking about the last episode, all about race websites. And this is the information for the Cambridge Half Marathon, which is in a PDF, because obviously they printed it first and then realised they want to put it online. So did a PDF. And it's uh, it's kind of a, a flip book. I mean, I remember those from about 2014. They were super cool back then. It's the way you put PDFs on websites. And it's got that thing where every time you turn the page, it goes, whooshed, whooshed, like you're turning a page. God. It's like oh. this is not a book. Stop trying to make it a book. It's the internet. Just make it a website. Put all that information on a website. Like that that's what we do now, right? Like you it don't probably need all to... is on the website, but this is the booklet they probably sent out and then they just did it uh, the same for a PDF. But like you don't you don't need to send out save some paper, only send out booklets on request. Like sure, some people might need a booklet, a physical booklet for whatever reason. But I don't understand why. If a race sends me out a booklet, which very few do nowadays, hmm. I'm not going to look at it. I'm just going to look online, you know? And what I liked about this as well, like it kind of does work if you get sent a booklet, the first 14 pages are adverts. It's kind of okay because you can just flick Ugh. past that. In a PDF where you have to click the side of the page and hear 14 times, you can't have 14 pages of adverts on a PDF because people will get three in and just close it down. I don't even know how that looks on a mobile either because I'm looking at it on a desktop. So, yeah, I don't, I, if that's horrific on a mobile as well, I don't yeah. know. Or, or things are really tiny and you have to zoom in and stuff. You know, oh, God's yeah, sake. I ain't clicking through 14 pages of adverts. I ain't clicking through 14 pages for a fucking race. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, what are you, for a, a, a city half marathon, what are you putting in 14 pages? <laughs> How much can there be to know? I want to know what time it starts and where it starts. That's all you need to know for a city half marathon. What else? This this ultras, these ultras that I'm doing, the, the, the booklets for those, I don't, I don't think they're 14 pages long. And that's a 40 mile event across a whole day. What, why is your Cambridge Half Marathon booklet 14 pages long? Adverts, I know that. But still, you don't you don't need that many that much information. It's too much. It's just too much. Well, you've got to know about like the local garage that sponsors it and are really proud to be part of the event. You know, it's Ugh. important to know about those kind of things. Who cares, God? Anyway, anyway. Right. Tim Hughes says, another race website issue that is bullshit is multiple emails to say they have photos, but to view them, you need to register and share to Facebook and you have one shitty photo. Bullshit. I've never actually heard that before. So you mean like register through Facebook or... No, I think sometimes they actually ask you, like they really kind of put it really front and center to share to Facebook first. And there's mo- oh. there might be a little button there you can skip past it. They're like, no, you need to share it to Facebook first. I think this is because I haven't done 
like road races. You don't do proper races in a, in a long time, no. So that is horrendous. I would be really annoyed if somebody was asking me to <laughs> to share something to Facebook. Just show me my photos. Do you want money for these photos? Because if you do, you better like just just get on with it. Yeah, I mean, to register just to see the photos. Chill out a bit. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also had a, a comment from Toby K on YouTube. Like, I've been sharing these to YouTube for a little while, just because I thought that's the thing that people do. It's one click button I had to do on, on Podbean to get it shared out there. Apparently, people watch it. So, thanks, Toby K. It's just you. Uh, he says, frustrating when websites don't have useful maps. That's the point where you need comprehensive results pages so you can track down Strava entries for previous events. I have definitely, when I've been looking for maps, sometimes, as I said before, if there's no map, I might not do the race. But sometimes, if I do want to do it, I'll look it up on Strava, or if you know someone that's done it, you can look them up on Strava and like stalk through all their results to find a map that way. I mean, you shouldn't have to do that, though, clearly. No, no. I mean, come on. In terms of our sport, as as a sport, there, there's there's a few elements to it. You know, running at a certain running at a certain speed and running a certain route. <laughs> that's it, it. There is a lot of map involved. There is, there is. The route is quite important. So you'd think of all the things they give you, that that should be front and centre. <laughs> should be up there. It should be up there. Uh, and now an email showing a terrifying new side to hanky-loving Lisa Gibbon. Oh, God. a bit scary. She says, hi, love the latest episode about race websites. However, I have to comment on something that Stuart said about not being fussed about medals. Medals are the most important part of a race. And I hate it when race websites don't clearly state whether you get a medal. What are you racing for if not the shiny medal? This reminds me of a bullshit running thing that happened to me. In December, I completed a 5k Santa run in my local park. At the end, I received a well-earned medal. As I was about to head home to hang my new medal on my medal holder, one of the race directors, who I know from Parkrun, approached me. He explained that they didn't quite have enough medals and that there were still some children out on the course. He therefore asked me if I'd be happy to give my medal back so it could be given to a child. No! fucking no this is my medal i ran 5k dressed as a fucking father christmas to get this medal the children can fuck off bloody hell but of course being british this is not what i said i smiled and said of course and handed over my medal he reassured me that if there were any medals left at the end he'd make sure he got one to me did i accept this and head home no fucking way I stood there in the cold for another 20 minutes, waiting for everyone to complete the course. I even walked back along the course, counting runners until I found the tail runners, to check whether I would have any chance of getting the medal I'd worked so hard for. After the tail runners crossed the line and collected their medals, there was one left, which I was able to take home. Not having enough medals for all finishers is bullshit. Luckily, the story has a happy ending, and I didn't have to threaten or physically harm any children to get my well-earned medal. Thanks to the pod, Lisa Gibbon. Lisa, fucking hell! I I knew the hankies thing was a sign of some sort of issue. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is a twist. You know, it's all becoming very American Psycho now. The ironing the hankies in the morning, then going to and raging about children's medals. It's all becoming, you know, um, quite sinister. But at the same time, I get it. Fuck those kids! I could like, see you nodding nodding along there with the uh, the, the yeah. medal. Talk. You like a good medal? Um. I'm not bothered about medals, but I feel like it's your God-given right if you cross the line and there's not there's, if there's not enough medals left. I mean, you, you say you, you say God-given right. What you mean is you've bought a medal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. you haven't, you you, haven't earned that medal. You've bought consumer, a medal. You're consumer given rights. Yeah. Um, and if those kids wanted a medal, they need to run faster. They should you know? just run quicker. They they're gonna have to learn that eventually. 
Yeah. But to be honest, I, I used to really like medals and I used to put them all up. And then when I moved, I didn't have a space to put them up and I wasn't too bothered. So actually, I'm not too bothered about medals anymore, to be honest. I would rather, this might be controversial, I'd rather a cool t-shirt, but like a nice t-shirt because I'm going to wear that. I'm going to use that if it's nice. Um, so if I had a choice between medals and t-shirts, I would actually rather have a t-shirt. And I'd be really pissed off if I was promised a nice t-shirt that I actually wanted and I got to the end and there weren't any t-shirts left. I'd be more pissed off about that. Yeah, that is annoying. At least a t-shirt has a use. You can use it multiple times. A medal, it just kind of hangs up. And I got a, like a big uh, IKEA notice board and like filled that with all my medals. But the problem is then, so, well, then I got more medals and I can't be bothered to rearrange the whole thing because it took a fucking hours to put these all together and tie up all the ribbons behind. And I've, I've got like a couple of quite nice medals from like recent events just kind of dumped on my desk now underneath a load of crap because I can't be bothered to rearrange the whole medal board because yeah. I didn't get a nice... Because I couldn't find a good medal hanger because all the metal hangers were just like achievement or they were just like really wanky and just like a bit shit and i didn't really want that and those medals are heavy like if they fall you know they're gonna do some damage to your lino um i I actually prefer as well if i'm gonna display anything i display my race numbers so i've got like in my office like all my race numbers in like a collage in in a frame and i actually prefer doing that because i just Mm. think it looks a bit better than medals but at the same time i get the medal thing because it's they're always like a bit different a bit fun so if you're into medals i I do get it i do get it for many years i did i did keep my race numbers and i even like wrote down on the number my actual time whether it's a pb (laughs) things like that yeah and eventually i just saved up dozens and dozens of these and i realized i don't really know why i'm keeping these and now i just bin them i don't give a shit anymore oh no i still keep them i do too many races is the problem that's the thing. Well, you don't do many races like me. So I'm still, I've only got one frame. I've probably got enough numbers to do my second big frame. So uh, it's like an A1. I mean, what did we say frame. last year? I did 20 races last year. Oh my I mean, God. That's, that's not practical. That would be a frame. Yeah, you'd have like... That's 10 years worth for you. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, Nicola Ford has also been in touch. said, I'm just folding the washing and while pairing the socks, it occurred to me just how wrong you are about <sighs> socks and their size labelling. Don't ever say we're wrong again, Nicola. <laughs> I'm a large and my daughter Poppy is a medium. We have the same running socks. So the size lettering is absolutely necessary to help me scrutinising the size difference between socks, which essentially look the same size, but which fit pretty differently. Do either of you not have the same socks as your partners, but in different sizes? You didn't think through your sock bullshit carefully enough. I'm calling not bullshit on this one. No, because my partner's not a child. Yeah. It's the, it's the main thing. And, and me, literally, me and Freya, like, wear each other's clothes and stuff. And, <laughs> and, and she absolutely refuses to run, so. Oh, yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't run. No, no. So so all the running socks are my socks, and they stay in a special drawer, which is my drawer with my running things in, and she can't touch it, or else I'll be trouble. <laughs> but, yeah, it's very true. We did not consider the needs of children when we were discussing that before, and we frankly disregard uh, any talk of children. Especially when you're saying we're wrong, because we will not think about children in any way. No. No. Mark Atkinson, run like duck at Monty the Mole, said, What you really need at mile 30 of an ultra is at running is BS kicking in with a rendition of Never Gonna Run Fast Again. Mm -hmm. Cheers, guys. You really made the last mile drag yesterday. (laughs) Who is putting on this at mile 30? Come on. God, yeah, it's like ah, oh, I just, I just need like a bit of extra motivation to finish this ultra. That I'll just I pop on a podcast. That I'm probably the feeling, time. 
horrendous at this point. At mile 30, your last mile of an ultra, horrendous. Okay, let's let's put on Runny's BS. Shout out to anyone running an ultra right now, you absolute twats. Yeah. Don't trip. Watch out. Careful. You feeling tired? I bet you're feeling really sore. I bet you're feeling oh, really you, tired, aren't you? You're not going to finish. I mean, Next probably checkpoint. not. No. Yeah. Next checkpoint, drop out. It's just not worth drop it. out. Just drop out. Just, it's not worth it. No, no, no. Just, just drop I mean, out. You can't, you, you, you can't do it. You actually can't do it. You're not even winning. I mean, what <laughs> no. is... You, you, you're not going to get to the finish anyway. Let's face it. You are yeah. a failure. Yeah. <laughs> just drop out. Go home. <laughs> Give up. Leave. Stop embarrassing yourself. <laughs> Me and Amy are ashamed of you. Is that is that enough? <laughs> we gone too far. I'm not sure. Can you tell? Speaking of going too far, <laughs> sorry everyone. Have fun with your ultras. Look forward to you seeing your medals. Dawn Shepherd at Bubblefishy said, "Listening to Running's BS and the theory of nothing group is good has one glaring exception. Yes, I mean sex." I, I I still don't know how to respond to that one. Dawn. I mean, with good your, for you. Full, you know, putting out your full government name with that statement as well, Dawn. <laughs> your government name? <laughs> yeah, your full government name. Unless that's like your, like, the name you use when you're off to your pineapple parties or whatever. I mean, you know what? Good for you, Dawn. We're very happy for you, but... Yeah. But well, we, we don't want to hear it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Let's have a tea update instead. Ooh. Oh, that's a bit more sedate. That's a bit more our speed. Uh, yeah. We're partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, and that means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. If you like the sound of that, you can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea. You can click on the links and buy some tea if you want. Amy, Yay. what are you drinking? I'm drinking Nearly Nirvana, which is it's quite nice. It's like a, it's a luxury white silver needle tea with a spiritual spearmint and heavenly jasmine so it tastes you. i know i know it tastes quite like a, a green tea actually i think it's like the jasmine and the, the obviously white tea's quite close to green tea in a way so it tastes quite green tea it's not my favorite it's okay i must say my favorite <laughs> ringing endorsement yeah i know <laughs> it's okay like i'm not a huge fan of like jasminey tasty things mm-hmm. but i'll drink them anyway um just yeah but my favourite at the moment, which I'm not drinking because I'm trying to savour it because I only bought a 20 gram pouch. I need to get some more. It's the coconut milk oolong. Holy shit. Mm. That is so, so good. So good. Like I've, I've gone usually the, tr- the 20 gram pouch. Why didn't you drink that tonight? Why are you drinking the one you Because don't I've like? only got one cup of that left. <laughs> and I need to save it for like a special occasion or something. I need to order some more. And I, I think I made the mistake of trying that one first because I, I normally do this thing where I order a load of 20 gram pouches. They do like a mix and match on Bird and Blend. I think it's five maybe you could order um, for like 18 quid or something, which is quite good. Um, so I did the mix and match thing. I tried the coconut milk oolong first and that's just ruined all the other ones for me now because oh. nothing nothing can compare. It's a new favourite. So I need to go back and I need to order like a big caddy or something of it. So, so yeah, so that's my, my tea tonight, and that's Very also nice. my, my favourite tea at the moment. So what, what are you drinking, Stuart? Um, something we've talked about before. It's coming up to Easter, so of course it's cream egg tea. It's basically a black Ooh. tea with kind of bits of vanilla and chocolate in there. Probably some other things, I haven't checked. Uh, it's very, very nice. Very nice, uh, good black tea. And they have new sticky chais. They have a new hot cross bun sticky chai, which I need to buy. Oh, my God, hot cross buns are the greatest things. Anything, like, spicy. How yeah, can like it be bad? 
It's going to be good. It's going to oh, be good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if you want some Easter teas, basically just means kind of chocolatey and a little bit spicy teas. I think that's what that means. Uh, check out our website. Click on the links. Buy some tea if you want. Do it. What have you been up to? So, well, of course, we'll come on to our 17-mile run in a little moment. No big deal. Just, no big deal. Just, you know, no what we, just what we get up to. Yeah, yeah. Just on a, a casual Wednesday, just going out for a 17-mile run. what we do. Run. Yeah, yeah. So talk, that was like my last, my last long run before my ultra, my first ultra of the six ultras that I'm doing. Yeah, somebody we'll messaged me, Ben messaged me on Instagram saying, oh, you prepared for your seven ultras. And I was like, seven? What, what's the seventh? And he's like, oh, I thought you were doing this other race. I'm like, Ben, don't give me any more ultras to do. It's I mean, six. we are. We're doing six. the Escape from Meriden in November. Oh, we are. Fucking hell. Forgot about it. Of course, he, did, he didn't say that one. He said a different race he thought I was the, doing. Technically, that's that's <laughs> a that's a time race, not a distance race. You can do whatever the fuck you want there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might not end up being an ultra. <laughs> that might end up being just like hey, six miles. I believe there is a booby prize for like the shortest distance. So oh, really? that's your aim. Okay, okay. Six that's yards, fine. done. <laughs> so I've been tapering a bit. I've uh, been doing quite a bit of walking and stuff, but not too much like long distance running. I'm going to do like my... Tomorrow I'm going to do like 10 miles and then sort of the races next week. So, uh, so but while I was doing some walking and hiking, did get stranded in the Brecon Beacons. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So it's we very, went. Very on yeah, brand. Yeah. So it was Freya's birthday and for her birthday, she, she wanted to do this walk in, um, you know, the waterfall country area. Of the oh, Brecon yes. That's good. Beautiful. Yep. And the, the longer walk or hike is like four hours long i think to do all of them to do the four waterfalls uh, sorry we have been over this did you have sandwiches with you no it I was not sauce- a hike. i had a vegan sausage roll mm. it's kind of like a sandwich okay i suppose that is lunch okay a, yeah no that, that I, I will accept that as a, as a hike yeah. continue I had, I had a coke as until well. i interrupt next time yeah <laughs> so so yeah so the plan was to go to go for this walk this hike um and her dad came and and uh, he lives out in Reading and he came over for the day and he picked us up and we went off to Brecon. On the way there, his his gearbox in his automatic car just stopped working to the point where we were on these very narrow roads and quite steep roads having to like really sort of put his foot down to get the gearbox to kick into action and change gear. Um, and when we got to the this little car park, which is the start of the Waterfalls Walk, um, his gearbox had pretty much gone to the point where he couldn't reverse anymore. He could only go ah. forward and like only in first gear. Uh, the car park was full, but luckily the very the lovely people at uh, like the Rangers as part of the mm-hmm. Brecon Beacons Park let us park in a in a disabled parking spot. There, they were absolutely fantastic. Can I just say like I've never interacted with them before because I've always been. Uh, to the Brecon Beacons on like a weekday, and they, I think they mainly ran on the weekend to make sure like the car parks were all flowing properly. Mm-hmm. But they are just fantastic. They are really, really friendly, really helpful. We had no phone signal, so they like let him use their phones to call the AA and stuff and all of that sort of thing. So they, they were absolutely fantastic. Love that. Um, so yeah, so the AA man came out. We had to wait half an hour. We had all the dogs in the car with us as well. So that was like, Pippin was really confused, going nuts. She went nuts all the way there. And then once we were there, she was going nuts. AA man came and he's like, yep, that's going to be a recovery. 
uh, it's going to take about two hours for someone to come out to you. So like, right, okay, so we can do the, we can do a bit of the walk. So we went and did a bit of the walk in those two hours. Um, we went to the, I can't remember what it's called now, but the, the, the waterfall where you can walk underneath it, which mm-hmm. is really, really lovely. Also, I was thinking as I was going around, I was like, this would be a good place to come for a run as well, like a trail run. Definitely, like the yeah. Caps are, There's a 10 mile loop there, which is amazing. Yeah. So I've done it before. And this is why I say that this, this area is cursed to me because I came before years ago and like we took the wrong path and I was with my mum but also my grandma as well and we took the wrong path and we ended up along the river on the gnarliest trail I have ever walked yeah I know I think I know yeah. exactly where that was we did the same and it's there horrendous. is it, on the map there's a path that goes up yeah. to the main path that ain't a path no 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 you're literally at some point you're scrambling oh, yes. you're scrambling over it's all exposed tree roots of rocks and stuff and basically, it's it's a it's a path lower down. But the the lovely rangers that were there, the Brecon Beacons people, were like, no, no, you take this path, which is higher up, just up the hill a bit, and that takes you along this lovely gravelled trail, mm-hmm. which is like nice and fairly. There's some hills, but it's fairly flat and it's not too treacherous, and it's like a really, it's a really easy walk. And I was like looking down, and I could see down near the river the, the the path I'd taken before, and I was like, what the hell? That's like horrendous. How did I manage that? So we did that in two hours, but the whole two hours was kind of tense because when the AA guy came um, to look at the car and said it's going to need to be a recovery, he was like, the only thing is we can only give you a recovery to your like your home destination, so to Reading. And, then, and technically we can't drop anyone off on the way. Yeah. So me and Freya was like, oh shit, like, are we going to be able to get home? So we had this one bar of signal and we were frantically trying to text people and call people saying, oh, can you come and pick us up from the Brecon Beacons? But no one was answering. We couldn't get through. Yeah, sorry, um, I was busy that day. So. Yeah. <laughs> but we couldn't get oh, through God. to anyone anyway. I found this spot at the top of the car park that just had one bar and i was like saying to freya like you go up to this spot it's near the tree and there's a pile of rabbit poo stand right next to the rabbit poo and that's where you will get a bar of signal to try and send some text um so yeah we came back from our walk and the the next aa guy the recovery guy turned up and we 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 were vulnerable women you know i said to him i'm only 12 you know I, I can't, you know, I, I need to be able to get home. I can't be left out here. I am extremely vulnerable. Uh, so, yeah, so, so kindly he agreed to, to drop us off back at uh, back at home. But the funniest thing was that we, for some reason, we assumed the dogs would come in the ve- recovery vehicle with us. Of course, they don't. They stay in the car, like, oh, on man. their own. Um, and I've got this really great video of just Pippin looking completely confused in the oh, car and they, yeah. they were like and i know this is not legal but they were like loose in the car <laughs> like they do they weren't like clipped in yeah we, well, just usually, you know, yeah. we just usually stick them in the boot and they, they stay there when we're in there of course and we didn't expect to break down um finley can't get out of the boot but pipping can and <laughs> yeah so this guy's like look i've got this video of this guy loading up the car on the back of this uh on the back of the, the truck thing and Pippin's just like stood there looking out the window at us, like, what the hell? And it's almost like she's thinking, I've got to drive this car home. Is it? Is it <laughs> and the whole way back, because when we when you're in the back, I've never I've never been in a car that's broken down. I've never been in like one of those recovery vehicles. They're actually really nice. They've got these massive mm-hmm. windows. And we had this amazing view of like the, the Brecon Beacons as we were driving out. Um, but you can't see what's going on in the car. There's no like cameras set up to see what's going on with the car at the back. So all the time, I'm just imagining like Pippin sat in the driver's seat, thinking she's driving the car, <laughs> and, like incredibly stressed, like what is going on. 
Um, and I was quite thankful as well she wasn't strapped in because I did think like, oh, she if she was strapped in, she'd probably get herself all twisted up yeah. and get really, really stressed and stuff like that. So it's probably it probably was safer for her that she was she was loose. Well, they um, only need to be strapped in so they don't distract the driver. That's the main exactly, reason. And, and if yeah. she's driving, that's fine. Exactly. She was driving. Finley was in the back, I think, fast asleep. He'd been sick on the way there, which was like a whole thing. Cool. So I think he was feeling a bit worse for wear. So I think he was in the boot and Pippin was driving. Um, so yeah, so we got to Cardiff. If we were out for probably about 12 hours, I was absolutely knackered by the time we got home because as well, it took a long time to get back because it's only 45 minutes there. But getting back, it's like obviously we're on in this massive truck that's restricted yeah. to a certain speed and stuff. So, so yeah, that was our that was our walk in the Brecon Beacons. Absolutely did my legs in going up and down the steps to the waterfalls. Like, and of course, Frey always does this thing where she's like, "Oh, I'm fine. My legs don't hurt. How come you're a runner and your legs hurt?" Because like, I run all the time. I said to her, "I said I'm doing it on tired legs. You're ta- <laughs> you're permanently tapered. I'm not exactly. I'm, I'm going up on tired legs. Fully so I'm rested." Those steps as well, if you know the one I mean, like mm-hmm. the steps I mean, the big waterfall, the main like waterfall that everyone goes to, some Welsh name, I can't remember. Like that one, the steps going up and down from there are so steep. They're like just, just massive. Yeah, I, I, days afterwards, my legs, my thighs were like, holy shit, what have you done? So, so yeah, that was our trip to Bradford Beacons. Walk. It's a good yeah, walk. Yeah, it was a good walk. There was, there was everything. There was drama. There was uh, tension. There was... We were happy at one point, and then we were sad, and yeah, it was everything. So. I just remember before that as well, I said a uh, very on-brand Amy. Uh, something else that was on-brand that happened this week was uh, you came to Park Run. I gave <laughs> you a Bird and Blend Easter egg, and then you yeah. left without doing park run you know what i was like because uh, i went for it i don't do park run everyone knows this if you're new listening if this is the first episode you're listening to i don't do park run um they've just switched off yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck <laughs> so this i bitch. had to meet you to pick up this egg uh so i did my my run first and then i i did it out and back and i was coming back along the park run course and they had pippin with me um but she was in her like canning cross gear so like a waist she was on my waist mm-hmm. uh, hands free and I was running I could see everyone like waiting I'm like if anyone I was ready for someone to come up to me yeah. and say you can't run with your dog like that <laughs> and I was gonna be like straight away I'm not even running part run I've already done my run thank you very much and one lovely guy a volunteer said to me he was like oh, are you all ready for the run I was like I've done my run I'm not doing it mm-hmm. like <laughs> So I was ready. Smug. I was I was ready for someone to say because people were looking over. I think they were just looking because they were looking at Pippin because it's it's a dog. Like people were looking, yeah. but people were like looking over at her, and I was like, "Somebody, come on, come on! Somebody fight me about this! Somebody come and say you can't run with your dog on 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 your waist! Like somebody, please try me!" <laughs> so come on, and I'll be like, "Don't even talk to me. I don't do part run. I'm not one of you." But yeah, but Pippa went nuts when she saw you. She did, like, yeah. She, yeah, she, and all, all the way, like, run, trying to run home. She kept looking behind her, looking for you. Yeah, I got a good scratch on my leg from her. That was that was nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she she likes to do that. And she scratches. licked my teeth at one point as well. So. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a mistake from me. Don't the talk while, a, while she's in striking range. Yeah, the Pippin dental routine, <laughs> checking it all out. So, so yeah, I haven't eaten my egg yet. It's done the cover. I'm going to try and wait for Jesus's... And he said his birthday then, but that's Christmas, his, yeah. his resurrection. Yeah, cool. His rebirth. So, yeah. Anyway, enough about my my week that didn't involve much running and, and getting lost. How how was, how was your last two weeks been? Uh, well, uh, I actually ran 50k in a week for the first time in a year uh, wow. the other weeks. That's That's a big deal for me. And I looked, I thought, oh, oh, perhaps I could do back-to-back 50K weeks. The last, I checked, the last time I did that was five years ago. 
And considering in that time, I've run four ultras, which means I have not trained for those properly. Yeah, because that's only 50k is only 30 miles, right? It's not that much, no. No. Are you, so well, you, don't, you don't regularly run 30 miles in a week? No, no, lazy oh my me. God. I know. Well, no, that was like back to back. So I think I've yeah, done a yeah, few yeah. since then, but like doing it back to back, you know, five years, I'm just God. too fucking lazy. So I've done that's all always those. My, that's always my aim is to, even in like my regular training, is to get up to around 30 miles a week like that is always i i I rarely reach it but that's like my ambition that's why i'm so horribly (laughs) under trained for all the big races that i do Uh, yeah always tapering Uh, let's talk about our our uh, long run that we did our wednesday long run club well i thought it'd be a good idea um Mm -hmm. well we had we had a day we need to do a long run um we wanted to go to the brecon beacons it was still pretty cold so we thought what would be useful is do a bit of a recce for amy and basically the only one we could do uh, is the second half of the Rhythm, the Ridgeway Ultra, which is Amy's final ultra. And she will remember precisely none of what we did. So it was no. essentially a pointless exercise. But it was a 17-mile run for, you know, the second half of a race you will do in six months, maybe. I mean, even if I was doing it a week later, I wouldn't remember it. But, no. but, but I will remember the most important things, which was an actual toilet so yeah. i need the toilet a few miles in and like this was like one of those toilets where you're not sure what's going to happen so you would rather it would be in a bricks and mortar building yeah you, uh, you were gone was, a while i was concerned you know what like <laughs> firstly it was in a garden center and you know in garden centers are just because there's loads of plants and they're really tall and it's all, all over the place i i was completely lost and stressed and i was like right i need to get in and just get on with this uh, I asked this lady and I was like, oh, do you have a toilet? And she went, yes. Like that. <laughs> just this long pause. And I, and I already, I felt stressed because I thought she was going to be like, you can't just come in. I was obviously in running gear. Yeah. I thought she was going to be like, you can't just come in and use our toilet. You've got to like buy something or whatever. I thought she was going to be like that. So she went, yes. And I went, okay, where is it? And then she gave me the instructions and I found it. Um, so yeah, I, I managed to go to a proper toilet and it was lovely and clean. I know where it is next time. So that's like invaluable. And I think that's about halfway round, didn't you say? Wasn't yes, that roughly. Halfway? So like that, at that point, I will probably want to go to an actual toilet. So that's... that's that is handy. That was handy. The other thing was very useful, was knowing how to avoid a field of horses. Yeah, there was an incident. <laughs> there, was a, there was a horse incident. Um, now, I wonder, I'm, I think it might be fine. I think you tell it and then I'll tell it and we'll okay. see what the difference in the story is. Okay. So we went in this field and it was this, it was the boggy field, really boggy, oh, yeah. like to the point where it's a sort of bog that you couldn't really see because the grass and stuff was so long. Um, so it was always, I, I had one moment at first where my, my foot went down and it was up to my knee you know it was that boggy and from that moment onwards i was like okay i'm really stressed about this i'm it was like an episode of crystal maze or something and i wasn't sure when the ground was just gonna fall from beneath me so that was really stressful Uh, it was that waterlogged there were two ducks swimming in a puddle (laughs) yeah there were ducks in the puddle that was an established puddle and also the bog, it just stinks, doesn't it? Like mm, that sort of yeah, the old water's bog. been sat there, just stagnant. So it was like really stinky as well. Um, so we got around this field and then hiding around a corner with these three horses. Now I'm okay, like I'm okay with horses in some respect because I do go past a lot of horses in places where they are just chill and they just stand there and they don't do anything. 
But I've talked about it on the podcast before. I had a horse incident. It's coming up to two years ago now. It's coming up to the anniversary of the horse incident. And, and that's where we were legitimately attacked by horses mm-hmm. that were, yeah, yeah. were trying to harm us. So just put that out there. I'm not being dramatic. And I was actually, before that incident, I was getting over my fear of horses because Freya used to work with horses. Uh, she was like an equine groom and she taught about horses and stuff. So she's she knows a lot about horses. So I always trust her judgment. Um, so whenever I've gone through fields of horses with her and she's been like, it's fine, it's fine. And I felt safe. Whereas the incident that happened two years ago, she was like, we need to get out of this field. And that's when I'm like, okay, this is dangerous. So <laughs> since then, my fears of horses have come back, but like tenfold. So I'm very cautious. But I have been in fields with horses since then. You know, horses that are just chilling, minding their own business. These horses were not chilling and minding their own business. So they were coming up to us and they were just being a bit like zesty and, and just like a bit all over the place, weren't they? There, there was that black horse, dark brown horse, and it was just, it was too much. It was like running alongside us and up to us. And then it was like, showed, I was I was going back, I was going back and you were, you were trying to protect me. Yeah, I was, <laughs> you were like yeah. trying to get the horses out of the way. You were like, come on, come on. And you were like talking to them. This horse, it was sort of trying to shove you with its body. Like mm. it was like trying to like barge you a bit with its body. And like it was doing that silly thing. It was like being like a silly overexcited dog, but it's too big to do that. So it was like doing its thing where it's bringing its hooves up and stuff a bit. Just a bit. Like dancing around. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, you say it nibbled you. It bit you. It was trying to bite you on the arm. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the smaller one. Yeah, it gave me a little nibble yeah, on the arm. Yeah. I explained all this to Freya and she said the horse was just trying to be bossy. I yeah. don't need that. I don't. Know. And the thing is, I have like a bit of trauma around this because when I was in that field with those really dangerous horses, when we started walking away, they would charge. So I was like, I, I, even if I create distance between me and the horse, I'm constantly looking for it to charge. So mm. I want the quickest way out of that field as soon as possible. They were just too over-friendly. At first when they came over, I thought, okay, We'll stroke it on the head, it's okay. But it was mm-hmm. trying to get too close to us, and that's yeah. what I didn't like. So that was my, that that's what happened in my view. And I turned around and I was like, nope, we're leaving. <laughs> yeah, that that's not a too overdramatic interpretation of it. To be fair, yeah, they were just injured. I think it's because it was the morning. Perhaps not many people go through there, and it was early, which means they might have been expecting some food. Like if people come in at nine o'clock every day, give them some food. And then we come in, you know, obviously not the same direction or the same kind of people, but they think, ah, oh, great food. And they were excited. And it was that one. Cause yeah, I was trying to kind of stroke the noses and like, yeah, good for you. And like, gave me a little nibble. And I told it off, gave it a little push away and it gave me a little nudge. But then it, one of them just got overexcited, kind of trotted out ahead of me and did a little like half buck. I like, did yeah. a little jump and kicked his legs out. And then you were like, nope, nope, that's it. <laughs> nope. nope, we're going back. I was like, yeah, okay, to to be fair, that was probably the best decision because we still had quite a long way to go across that field. And if they were going to be like that the whole way. Because, again, I know you kind of do need to be quite firm with horses sometimes and tell them off, push them away. But I don't really know, like, to what extent you can do that because, again, I'm not that horsey. So I kind of knew a bit, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know enough about this. We'll just have to go back through the bog. Yeah, yeah. If I was with Freya and she'd have been like, this is fine, I probably would have trusted her because she's had to deal with horses like that. But what I didn't like as well was the dark brown one was positioning itself so its back was to us. I'm like, if that wants to kick us now, mm. like it kept turning itself round a bit. And like, I thought, nah, is it they were just e- they were They it? were just excited. They were just a bit much. They were too much. So, but the good thing is that now I know there's like a way you can go just on the road. And it's probably about the same distance. Like if anything, um, it probably adds a bit of distance. Yeah, it's slightly further because you instead of doing the diagonal across the field, you're going around 
the yeah. corners. So yeah, you got to go a little f- further, so it's fine. But I know for that. But it, in terms of further, it's, we're not talking miles here. We're talking mm. like very, very small amount. So yeah, I think at least I know for the race, and I am going to remember that because it's traumatized yes. me. Um, I can I can go on that little bit rather than going across the field. And we also went through a field of cows, which would normally scare me, but they were mm-hmm. completely chill. So they were, again, they were very sweet, actually. Useful to know that those cows are not going to attack me, and it's okay for me to go go through that field. Because there were there yeah. were quite a lot of them. But it, you know, it was a massive kind of open kind of bit of fell, really. Um, and yeah, they were quite sweet because they they would kind of look at us and they would just kind of go, ooh, like really kind of these little high pitched moves. They were quite yeah. sweet, I thought. But they yeah, they didn't give a shit about us. That was fine. They were they were quite brown, and I have heard the brown of the cow. <laughs> The safer they are. <laughs> you are convinced by this. I am convinced. I will, I will, but I, 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 you know, I have now, I have more evidence to back this up. And anyone who knows about cows can maybe let me know if this is true. But like every time I read stories about people being attacked, it seems to be those black and white dairy cows that attack mm. people. You know, they, they seem to be the more dangerous ones. May, I don't know, maybe they're more, just more common. I don't know. But those cows were very chill. I felt very safe. They weren't moving towards us or away or anything. They were just sort of chilling there. So, so livestock aside, how did you find that part of the route? You know what? It was... So I think I want to get some poles for sure. Mm-hmm. But I will say it was definitely more my style of running because there was plenty of walking and dilly-dallying. Yeah. Like I said, like in my previous runs when I've run with somebody who's training for a road marathon and it was just a constant running, and I'd get to the end and I would feel shit. I'd be hurting. Like literally my, my hips and everything would be hurting from about 15 miles in. I'd be just in agony and struggling and limping i'd be really dehydrating feeling shit and it's just because I, i'm not made to run the whole time you know that was a nice that was a nice route because it's really hilly so there was loads of opportunities to walk and i got yeah. to the end of it and i felt fine i was yeah. like you know what? i could carry on a bit further i wasn't in pain i wasn't dehydrated I, I, I didn't feel bad like the next day i woke up i was like yeah go for a run now if i wanted to yeah nice lots of dilly dallying lots of walking just chill yeah, we were out for five and a half hours to do seven, 17 miles. And that was fine. I say it was quite hilly. Mm. Um, there was some long, I think that part of the route, there's just some long hills. And you just have to walk them. Um, yeah. I did find, you know, I did try and pick up litter every now and then when I'm running. Uh, I picked up one of those uh, like oven lighter things, you know, things, you know, plastic thing. You click it and you get a flame at the end. And like one of those was just randomly in the middle of a field. So I like picked that up, shoved it in my bag. I thought I'll be a good person. I'll take that home. Once I got it home, dried it out, it works. So I'm, use- I'm using that now. That's If I ever need one of those, I've got one. I will what, say like... What a weird thing to find know, in the middle it, of a field miles from anywhere. It was random because I will say that it was quite a nice route in that there was there wasn't really loads of litter and stuff like some places no, no, you very, run, very like little. I've noticed in South Wales um, around the valleys, certain places you run there's just loads of litter. Yeah, the busy trails. Just, yeah, yeah, busy trails, and there's just so much litter and rubbish. And I think it's just one of those things that it's a combination of people not respecting those surroundings, but also maybe the council not coming in and yeah. clearing it up as well. But that route was was really, really nice. It's something yeah, that... It's really open, so, that's why, I think. Yeah, and it was really... I know it was Wednesday, but it was really quiet as well. We didn't really see anyone, did we? Mm. Um, well, we did hear someone. We did? I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, when we got to... Um, what's the name of the park? Panachta. Yeah, 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 when we got there. <laughs> there was a person singing, like wailing. Well, like, there, up, up on a hill in the woods. yeah. Just having a nice thing to herself. It was really loud. Like, she was really projecting yeah. her voice. It was, like, it was so random coming to the end of it. Like, <laughs> the end of this run. 
And at that point, yeah, I'm getting a bit tired and stuff. Like, okay. And also, it was like a lot of the, the last two or so miles were really flat, so it meant loads mm. of running. And I was like, oh god. Um, but yeah, th- that was really random. This this singing, like, really I don't know bizarre. what it was. And I, I really hope she'd kind of finish so we could give her a clap and a cheer and embarrass her a bit. But it, yeah. I, I was like, again, you know what? Good for her. Yeah, but She's the funny thing is, time. like, the park's quite far away from civilization. Well, you'd have to walk a fair way to get there, wouldn't you, from the yeah. nearest sort of village, or you dro- drive. So it's even like she's he's got up with intention to go and do that. I think. Oh yeah. But then, then like, so that happened, and then I got on the train home, and pulling through Cardiff Queen Street, and there was somebody on the platform, like a lady dancing, like dancing away in the same sort of vibe to it, like just. You just wanted to dance. Just I think. people expressing themselves. I, yeah. you know, I'm all for it. Yeah, I don't know whether it was a special day on Wednesday. That it's like, okay, go out to your nearest public space and express yourself creatively. Oh, that's a lovely day. <laughs> uh, we did also like that. I took a photo of you at the finish line in that park because we we went through the finish line, also the start line. So we did like you know the second half of it plus the first two miles to get to the train station. I took a photo of Amy at the finish line to say what was it going to feel like in six months' time. <laughs> Posted that, and her catch and fenton replied, "She didn't make the start line last year, as I recall." Fuck off! Ooh. Fuck off! <laughs> We're definitely going to have to put out a poll of. How many races are you going to start and how many are you going to finish this year? I, you know what? I don't even remember why I didn't do it last year. Because I've, um, what's the word? I've deferred it for two years. The mm. first year was because of um, COVID delayed the the Vogum. And therefore there was only two weeks between mm-hmm. the two races and I just hadn't recovered. So I deferred it a year. And I have no idea why I didn't do it last year. There must have been a reason, but I've no idea. Just you know. basic laziness yeah probably probably but i'm gonna do it this year Catherine. thank you just to spite you well, okay we'll see <laughs> anyway on to other things why are you so tired Stuart? what have you been doing i've done a race today and we like had to do this podcast this evening like so only a couple of hours after the race it's busy weekend lots going on um i did a fell race clam to blind avon uh first of all it's a 12 p.m start that is that's nonsense a 12 p.m start is awful there's no reason for that it's quite a long race as well it's a 25k race with 1400 meters of elevation god i mean in 25k that is a lot um 10 minutes before the race lovely and sunny and raining Mm. uh and it was windy and it was cold and it was warm in the sun it was a very confusing morning Mm. on top of the hills there were 40 mile an hour gusts but we didn't actually have them for long you know what for 30 seconds up a hill i had a tailwind wow and i thought that was just a myth mm. but like well it wasn't as it wasn't for long it was very brief and then i got onto the top and turned and then it was a crosswind but yeah luckily those kind of really strong winds we only got in little bits and pieces because a lot of it you know going down and up in these hills and we don't we weren't on the top for very long um, but yeah it was very confusing like it was really warm in the sun to the point where you know later on i was crossing the road to run in the shade but then these winds are really cold and it was sunny and raining at the same time. Nice. Um, so there was a lot going on. Um, at one point, like both my feet started to blister. I could just feel the in- my insteps were just starting to blister. So I stopped to tighten my shoes, which like now I say it out loud, sounds like a weird thing to do. But I think it's because I, I felt like my shoes were a bit loose and they were rubbing a bit. Mm-hmm. And so I had to then stop, untie my shoes, try and re- kind of tighten them, which was actually quite hard because they were already actually quite tight. I think the shoes are just a bit too big. And then like almost five minutes later, I had to stop again because I got a thorn in my heel from somewhere. 
So I just had to stop, untie my shoes again, to that, and you know, lost like five or six places, which you know by that point doesn't really matter. Um, I also realised about two hours in, I'd been saying good morning to the other runners and walkers that I saw. The race started at twelve. <laughs> I just like two hours in, I was like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> Because races should be in the morning. No, yeah, that twelve o'clock, especially for like if you were doing like a five k fell race, maybe. But for a race that did it have a cutoff for a race that long? Are there still people out there now? Like, no, surely not eight hours later. There was a three hour cutoff at one of the checkpoints. Okay, okay. and everyone finished in um, under five hours, like four forty, I think, was the last one. Okay, so it's not you know super long, but twelve o'clock is just weird. Yeah, but by that point. Um, where I you know stopped to do my shoes a couple of times, then I had to start running again. I was absolutely cooked. By 18k, I was fucked. Honestly, it was like the end of an ultra, like that. You know, f- about 45k in, that like just completely dead. No energy. It wasn't like the aches, the pain you get at the end of an ultra. It was just no energy, just mm-hmm. purely because of the amount of elevation that I'd done. Because there's just you can't get over how much elevation that is, and it's easy to forget how hard elevation is and there's no there's no kind of replacement for it you just have to do it and it's so hard to explain to people who perhaps don't that it's it's just so hard so i was 18k and i still had the blorange to go and that is just a 400 meter climb just a straight climb 400 meters uh, in a in the space of about a mile it is so so bad like i tried to do another video at that point just like i got my phone out got the story started videoing and I just kind of went, oh, this is so hard. And then there was a, just a 10-second pause because I just couldn't think of anything else to say. <laughs> I was like, yeah, just discard that one. That's not even worth it. Cause I don't know how these people who just, like, do videos all the time and just, like, chat away during their shit runs to pass the time. I'm sure you, you know, I guess you just have to practice at it. But I was just like, it's hard. Uh, no, I couldn't think of anything else. No, I'm not going to bother. It's so hard. Um, on the hill, so on this hill, the Blorange, the bit i really enjoy i checked strava afterwards my pace bottomed out at 46 minutes per kilometer oh my god but my heart rate was still 183 (laughs) that sounds like a normal run for me on the trail (laughs) 46 minute kilometers i didn't even know it would track me that um slowly because that is the kind of thing where it would just be like, I don't think I've got auto pause on, but it would definitely just be like, yeah, you've paused. You're not running yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> You're not oh, running. No, God, it was, uh, God, the climb is so bad. So bad. Um, I did get all the way to the top. Uh, I'd never gone all the way properly to the top of that one before because there's a trigger at the top. I didn't touch it and I feel a bit bad, but it's because we went round. There was a prop- there was a mound on top and like a boulder field and it was on top God. of that, but we were directed to go round it because the checkpoint wasn't right at the top. And they said go around. I was perfectly happy to do it at that point. I did feel a bit bad. I considered very briefly um, going up and touching it, but it would have been like an extra couple of hundred meters and more elevation, and I couldn't really run at that point, and it was just not really worth it. I mean, after that, I did slip a few times. I fell a couple of times just because it was just slippery, and I I didn't really have the right shoes as well. I didn't go for mud claws because there was a bit of tarmac running. There was a bit of road in this, and I thought, I I hate wearing mud claws on tarmac. So I wore my kind of, I've got some new um, Merrill trail shoes. Don't know what they are, don't care. Um, But they're kind of light trail, like hybrid shoes. I wore those instead. Should have worn the mud claws because it was so muddy, so slippery. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I had some very scary wobbles going up the Blorange as well because it is a scary hill because it's so steep. And a couple of times I did put my pole in, 
and take a step and slip and wobble just back a little bit and you just get that slight feeling of vertigo because like if you if you fail you just keep falling yeah yeah, (laughs) you wouldn't be stopping yourself it's it's so bad it's honestly one of the hardest runs i've ever had um i did really enjoy on strava also more stats for you i hit 636 in relative effort and that is my second highest and only second to a race that was 50k I did that in 25k. So that is the hardest 25k I'll have ever run. I I have ever done and will ever do, frankly, because that is a one and done. That is a race I do not think I'll be doing again. A lot of people say like, <laughs> ah, I don't know, you'll look at it in a few months and you'll think it, you want to do it again. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think I will be. I'm, I'm usually pretty confident in those. And that is a race I've done once. I don't want to do again. I do want to encourage other people to do it because I know quite a few mountain runners in our club that will really enjoy that. You know, if you like elevation, if you like races, uh, you know, on a lovely day like this, the end of March, it was really, really nice, especially up on Sugarloaf. Really amazing views mm. up there because you kind of really can just see everything around there. Um, and it was, in that respect, it was really nice. So I want other people to do it. You know, I'm happy mm. to go and support people as well. That'll be good fun. But just when I saw the relative effort of 636, I just laughed out loud to myself, sitting in the rugby club at the end on my own, just like laughing for about 10 seconds. It probably looked really strange. <laughs> Um, finished the, at the rugby club finished with a curry bread roll two cookies and two cups of tea and that was very nice a curry yeah that that is a risky choice I was admit. that the only option for like hot food or yeah they had like these two big vats of curry which again appreciated but questionable choice right. well at least it wasn't a tuna sandwich at one of the checkpoints you know? at least it wasn't that yeah absolutely um so yeah i did enjoy that i got some food and i got some drink at the end so that's great still obviously horribly dehydrated as you can see um a few thank yous a thank you to our former guest massive keith or matt o'keefe for arranging to get me a lift to the start and richard grodin for actually giving me a lift because it was a point to point you had to get to the start line somehow and steve and reese who i chatted to on the way that was quite nice up sugarloaf and up blurringe i had a bit of a chat to a couple of people who then went on to beat me uh, and there was one other person with poles there, so I was really happy to see her. She also beat me. Basically, everyone did. I think I finished 95th out of 109. And, oh, you know, again... That's one a of the crazy things, field, though. Like, I that's a fast field. Yeah, it's one of these races... Because it's, it's a hard race. You know, mm. if you, the people that do it are pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, you just... It's one of these races. It's been around for, like, 40 years. But I imagine, like, virtually, you know, 95% of runners have never heard of it because it's quite niche. Mm. But yeah, if uh, anyone fancies that, Clamberta to Blind Avon Fell Race. So, no, right. so horrible. Yeah, no, right. yeah, no, I wasn't saying, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> talking to you. If they did it as like a Pegasus style, you can do this as slow as you want, then yeah, I'd probably, you know, sit and have a picnic on the way and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd be well up for that, but not. That, not that's not the Fell Race way, I'm afraid. No, it's not, which is why I don't do Fell Races. <laughs> oh, so that's it. That's why I'm tired. Let's move on. Let's talk about Patreon. You can support this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and donating money every month. Now, I wanted to do something really adventurous this week, but I just ran out of time. So I went up with some straight up 2000s pop instead. Everyone is going to enjoy this. I can't imagine five made it as far as our international listeners. I don't know. Perhaps they're a big deal abroad, uh, but I don't think so. But for a time in my terrible, terrible music phase as a teenager, this actually genuinely was my favorite song. Jacks, Kale Rider, Trish Bolton, 
Maria Wicks, Sherry Grubbs, Liz Reese, Charlie Neverson, Ryan Simpson. Len Martin, Angela Fox Wales, Matt Newbury, Dawn Shepherd, Vicky Robbins, Andy Robbins, Dewey. Martin Josie, Nikki Genders, Julie Page, Matt Jones, Debbie Hurley, Ivy Hewitt, Claire Davis, Adam, Sandra Hines, Gregory C, Ian Hales, Matt Jezioski, Sophie Nichols, Jason Spinks, Lee Wood, James Lampercock, Gilmore, Kath Everard. Elliot Lane, H. Tony Howells, Penny Simpson, Rachel Bentley, ah. Dual Running, Cassie Jones, Rich Skirm, Lisa Gibbon, Katrin Fenton, Viviello Magdito, Bernadette McCarthy, Jay Howells, Sam Wally, Francis Howell, Gordy Thelwell, Matt Lisa, Mantha Benson, Jonathan Carter, Karen Blay, Gabby Thomas Nayak, Karen Hamilton, Matt H, Jacob Shepard, Gail Seal, Carl Fleming, Claudina Anthony Howe, Victoria Dick, Raymond Quinn, Champolic, Adult Matt Caffin. Victoria Magnus, AP, Elizabeth Shaban, Andy Nichols, Darren Roberts, David Irwin, Max McCarty, Ian Thompson, Steve Robson, Nobbs Dawson, Stu Stevens, Jenny Tamasebi, Viola Grip, Ruth KP, Amanda Murray, Matt Garner, Martin Kaplan, Rachel Bullmore. Five was the second concert I ever went to. Steps, oh, was, my, Steps was my first concert. Nice. Five was my second you know, I, I'm surprised I, this is a very me song to do for the Patreon. I'm surprised it I was, haven't yeah. done this. When I heard it, I was like, God damn it. All those times yeah. I'm like, what do I need to do? And like, what song should I do? And I missed out on this one. Oh. Love a bit of five. So don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just said running is BS. Let us know why you hate running this week. We need to know. We need your content. Now, a big shout out to Emma Foy, also known, at least on this podcast, as Gibraltar SBC, who we saw had mentioned us in an Instagram story. Uh, which unleashed an epic thread throughout the day, which started like this and worried us for a while where on earth it was going. Good morning. La Ella Farak Saludit. Happy St. Patrick's Day to uh, my non Irish people. Um, so let me tell you a story. I don't usually show my face on here, especially this tired at this hour of the morning. But today is an interesting day because. Um, about four years ago, I became a bullshitter. Yes, that is right. I became a bullshitter. What, pray tell, is a bullshitter? Apart from loving bullshit and loving running. So about four years ago, I uh, started listening to an amazing podcast called Running is Bullshit. Um, Amy Stewart, Stewart Amy, I don't know which way you come. Um, you are amazing. I love you. I love listening to you on my runs. Um, but I also hate you. I hate the fact that you introduced me to Pegasus Running. I hate the fact that as a result, I am now up at 5am on my birthday to decide to go out and run a birthday ultra because that's what a crazy person does. That's what a bullshitter does apparently. So um, I'm training for a couple of things um, this year and I decided how is the best way to do this only to get up a silly am on a Friday and go run 50 odd K between two separate countries. So um, I am going to go and join my club run at 
do a little bit beforehand. Run down to Club Run. Um, run with an amazing group of friends and then after that I'm going to keep on going. Uh, we're going to do a section in Gibraltar and then because it's a bit unique here we are going to cross the frontier, go into Spain and do the second half of the run in Spain which I'm kind of looking forward to because that means that my unofficial checkpoint that I'm inventing is uh, coffee and breakfast um, about halfway so um, obviously those few cycles with me know that two toast Emma is a thing so two toast Emma will be ordering two toast for breakfast um, so two toast Emma can fill herself up for the second half of the run I'm all excited and after that, we got a little tour of Gibraltar and Spain, crossing an international border, which is also an airport, which is kind of weird, uh, and just generally experienced the bizarre manic energy of Two Toast Emma, which is a great nickname. Uh, to be honest, she was a little too happy about the whole thing. I mean, this is how she finished. Donzo! I am so pleased. Uh, someone turned on the summer. Which, uh, this Irish girl's not good in this heat. So... Yes, thank you to my clubmates who came out and ran with this morning. Thank you to Eileen who came out and ran the jib leg with me for the rest of it. Thank you to Vicky who accompanied me on my Spanish travels. Uh, cheers Pegasus running for the ultra. You the guys, trust me, if anyone wants a cool ultra to do, uh, look at all of their ultras. Amy um, from Running Up the Sculpture is basically doing, supposed to be doing them all this year. So let's see, Amy, I hope training is going well. Stuart, love the dog updates. I shall catch you guys all on the flip-flop. Peace out. Now, if you want to watch this whole thread on Instagram, she saved it as a highlight on her Instagram. She is Emma Who Hikes. Needs to be updated clearly now. And I think it's called uh, Birthday Ultra, something like that. It's the second one on there. Uh, watch the whole thread. It's very, very entertaining. Yeah, like I said, just kind of bizarre manic energy that she has about her and has a great nickname. Mm. I think that was the Pegasus birthday ultra, isn't it, that she yeah, was doing? Yeah, I, so. I hope she checked that Pegasus are going to send her a buff to Gibraltar. The idea is you do a ultra on your birthday and then they'll send you a buff. So hopefully she has checked whether he'll actually send one to Gibraltar. Mm. Otherwise, that's going to be a little disappointing. Oh, they've got to do that. But Come now on. he has to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a nice little tour, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was really interesting because, uh, yeah, running from Gibraltar to into Spain and stuff that was that was really cool. I like that. I like I like cross border. Yeah, stuff, that's fun. You know, I think that's exciting. Is it weird to take your passport with you on an ultra? Yeah. Well done, Emma. Right. Look forward to your buff. Uh, yeah, well done. Lauren Ranford has also been in touch and said, "Hi guys, I recently found your podcast. I'm in Australia and I'm loving it. Yay! Very well done. Are you going to do the accent? Oh God." You know what's bullshit? <laughs> you know what I think is You know what I think is bullshit? People take Strava running crowns on a bike <laughs> or in their car and don't fix it up. <laughs> I'm doing quite well actually. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to drag my, out my laptop and report them. I'm not a super fast runner, so my crowns are very important to me. Right? Can you stop? stop the, yeah, can you stop please? Stop, yeah. stop the car. Car was all right, but anyway. Stop. <laughs> not so bad when it happens occasionally but it seems to be fashionable in my area at the moment so it happens on a daily basis mm, that sounds like some cheats or just some very forgetful confused people I get that moment of panic whilst the page uploads to see if it's real with the regulars I go through and comment on their activities could you please set your phone or watch the appropriate activity so you don't steal my crowns <laughs> that is 
<laughs> so passive aggressive. That's, that's, wow, I think that's actually aggressive. It's quite assertive aggressive, yeah, to be fair. It's so confrontational. <laughs> or she says, how many times can you forget to stop your watch before someone can start calling you stupid? Okay, that is just aggressive. <laughs> it's Australian though, isn't it? You know what they're like. Oh, Laura, that that's hilarious. I love how confrontation is. The funny thing is, the best thing about this is that these are people in your local area as well. Yeah. <laughs> so not only are you like being confrontational to to strangers, really, but but they're strangers you're probably going to see out running. Yeah. Hopefully, your home area is um, private on Strava, so they yeah. they can't see where you live. Yeah. <laughs> that's a handy feature to take advantage. Yeah, of. definitely. If you're going to start uh, attacking people on Strava. So also, it's bullshit. You can't just flag them on the app. You have to use a computer. I mean, Lauren, I think just, just log in on your desktop and do it. I think that's got to be a, totally worth it. a better way than commenting, saying, can you please stop your watch? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I like how far she's taken that. I definitely approve. Yes. <laughs> uh, we've now got an anonymous email, and you'll, you may see why. Standing in the start area at Parkrun on Saturday, someone came up behind me and slid their hands around my waist like they were coming in for a cuddle and sort of moved me to the side. It was bizarre. The person then did the same thing to someone in front of me. The run started, so I'm not sure how many other people uh, would have been moved this way. Important things to note, there was room either side to move around the crowd and get further forward at the start. This person had no reason to go through the middle. I honestly thought it was my partner to touch me so intimately. They weren't at the run, but my brain was telling me it must be someone I know. Honestly, not just a tap on the shoulder and excuse me, I was really shocked. I mentioned it to the run director at the end, who was sympathetic but didn't recognise the description as a regular. It left me feeling so uncomfortable. I know it's easy to dismiss this as that's what happens at the start line, but honestly, I can't imagine anyone feeling comfortable with that. Blech. Ugh. I assume this is a woman who's saying this. Yeah, I kind it's of anonymised it, but, but it's it's kind of, you know, who was imagining that was a woman doing that to a man? No one. I'm glad you mentioned it to the run director because sometimes when these things happen, there can be that feeling of, well, what's the point? They may have just been visiting that park run if they don't recognise, blah, blah, blah. But if you've mentioned it and then it happens again and somebody else mentions it, then we can start to get, mm. you know, they can start to get a picture of who that might be because it's like really inappropriate. And it's just, and it's one of those things, the reason why these things are so shit to happen is it is one of those things where you sometimes second guess yourself like, oh, mm. were they just, was it just an accident? Did it, but you've got to trust your instinct. I think. And if, if you've somebody, seen them do it to other people Yeah, as well. yeah. But if somebody touches you in a way like that, and you second guess yourself and think, is this an accident? You'd know if it's an accident. You would know. Yeah. Like, you know when something's inappropriate. And don't, like, try not to second guess yourself around these things. You know, I'm, I'm more talking if it happens to anyone else. Because these things are just creepy. I hate stuff like that. I hate hearing about it. Because people think they can just get away with it. You know? In these sort of, sort of environments, why are you having to touch someone in the first place? My first reaction wouldn't be to touch someone. It would be to say, excuse me. And maybe if they didn't hear... I would like tap them on the shoulder. It's shoulder first. It's always shoulder first. Yeah. And to physically move someone like that, I think is inappropriate and weird anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like I get it. Like if you're, if you're walking through a crowd or whatever, then you, you may sort of angle yourself in a way. But if you're just moving a few people in front or whatever, just, just say, excuse me. And people will move out the way or tap them. Mm. I, d- I don't know why people feel the need to touch people and move people like that anyway. I'd be, I'd be fucking fuming if someone did that to me. You know, we can kind of logic this out as much as we want, but they almost certainly knew what they were doing. 
So oh, absolutely. That's the thing. So, you know, there's there's no kind of argument against that. It's just fucking don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if, if it happens to anyone, you know, else, definitely report it. Even if you think it's pointless yeah. reporting stuff, you know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like, I always report stuff like this to who, whoever the relevant person is to report it to. Because even if you think, well... They're not going to see them again, blah, 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 blah. It's just, it helps Patterns. to help build a picture, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, gross. Uh, Gabby Naya has been in touch and said, scary BS to report. Mm. On way back from Club Run, heard a woman scream, like really scream. <laughs> dog had slipped harness and ran into road. Oh, God. Car honked and spooked dog further. So I got into road, helped grab dog, get it into harness, calmed the shaking owner down and got home. Phew. Oh, Oh, man. That's horrendous. I always have nightmares about one of our dogs. Like Pippin once slipped out of her collar on a very, (sighs) next to a very busy road. And now she has like a martingale style collar because I don't want that to happen again. But How do these things happen to Gabby on such a regular (laughs) occurrence? I know we say every time, but it's just like she is now the obligatory mention. Yeah. Of just the, the the one woman BS content generator. How yeah. how do these things happen around her? She's a disaster area. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is. But well done for saving that dog. Well done for saving the dog. Absolutely. Uh, last message today from Danny Norman at normal underscore Danny. BS paid marshals in races with zero enthusiasm and spend much more time on their phones than clapping, if any encouragement at all. Versus volunteer marshals who bring the noise, cheers, whooping enthusiasm, all for free. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I th- I kind of think a paid marshal is a little bit of an admission of failure. Like you haven't built a community or like s- something about that race that makes people want to help. You have to pay people and they don't give a shit. I, I've never heard of a paid marshal. I've never seen a, a paid marshal. Is that you, becoming like the norm? Yeah, I don't know. You probably have if you've done big yeah. races. A lot of big races do have them. Yeah. Or at least volunteers that are given stuff. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I mean, know some some are paid. Some actually, you know, do go go through agencies and they will pay to have. That's crazy. Marshals, who you can tell because they don't give a shit. I I feel like if you're quote unquote paid to be a marshal, I feel like the best payment is receiving a race entry. I feel like that's always great if you get yeah, like nice. a free race entry from that that company. But then you're still building the community if you see what I mean because you're then participating in those events further mm. I feel like that's the best thing and then when I've done um I volunteered for Cardiff half before when it was the world championship and we got mm. like a really cool adidas um coat and I really I really yeah. like that aspect of it in a little goodie bag like that was payment enough, you know, I you know I didn't volunteer for that but I have one of those jackets yes oh they were giving loads I I, I picked up loads of them I gave them away <laughs> to people because they had loads of them spare at the end so yeah, yeah. we were just picking them up with them we got like a bit of of swag with that which was quite cool but other than that like yeah being paid money to to marshal a race i feel like that's a bit weird like danny says it's not really building a community even if you're a big city marathon or half or whatever i feel like there's other ways like for instance like i say like giving away a race entry for yeah you've you've failed a bit there yeah that's a last resort which is a bit sad yeah uh, a little bit about bullshit marketing as well. We had an email from Francis Howell. We sent us the link to Saucony's £280 Endorphin Elites. But the main thing that caught my eye, you know, it's the usual kind of nonsense on there that, you know, they have to write to sell shoes. The main thing that I noticed is something that crops up a lot with lightweight, bouncy shoes. And it just made me think, is the word weightless. They'll always talk about, oh, you feel weightless. Like, weightlessness is really, really bad for running. Like, you're not going to run very far. If you're weightless, you're not going to run far. You're just going to take one step and go straight up in the air. Mm. Weightlessness is a bad thing for running. That's why they don't have marathons on the moon. 
well, I mean, there is a little bit of weight on the on the moon, but like, yeah, they don't have races in the space. They don't have, yeah, they don't have running races in the International Space Station because it doesn't work. Exactly. And I just wonder who I write to to explain this. Ugh, you'd have to write to all of them about all these phrases they use that are just complete bollocks, you know? Should I start tagging um, them on, on Twitter and Instagram and say, by the way, just to let you know, technically... You're incorrect when you say this, because feeling weightless would actually be very, very bad for running. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'd love that. I'm sure they wouldn't block you at all. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, thanks. That's good encouragement. Thanks, Amy. <laughs> right. It's the bullshit running news, keeping it brief, but... <laughs> yeah, there's the, we've gone long already. I did not expect this at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't really looked at much news. Oh, this just the, the main big kind of news story recently is just the fact that Trans runners have been banned from world athletics, which is kind of weird because it actually doesn't ban anyone because there are no trans athletes at that level to be banned. Mm -hmm. But they've banned them in advance just in case because, you know, trans people are always just around the corner just waiting to take all your stuff away. Yeah, you know, people are transitioning just to win races. Yeah, and they're just sneaking around like, or they're probably after those Strava crowns as well. Like, like, the men's crown is too hard. I'll I'll get the women's one. (laughs) It's totally worth five years of hell of my life to to get that. Um, I mean, we're not going to go too far into this story because it's because it's hard. I'm sorry, just like just to be like a bit cowardly about it. But it's it's a horrible story. It's worth saying that, you know, things for trans people at the moment are really shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just another thing on top of everything else. So for our trans listeners out there, I'm sorry things are so shit at the moment. It's things are really, really shit. Like in terms of policies across the board, things are going shit. Things are shit in the US especially, but things are getting shit in the UK as well. So that really sucks. And yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what have you got coming up next, Europe? Uh, my final canny cross race of the season and i might win the national championship Ooh. if two other people don't turn up Ooh. basically <laughs> so you know i might finish i'll finish i should finish at least third because basically no men turn up to these races senior <laughs> men i've only ever seen three at these races uh maximum so i'll probably do quite well so that's nice for me um nice. so i've got that to look forward to in the forest of the dean next week little little thing for you going on oh yeah just only just finally ultra <laughs> finally we banged on about this for so long Ugh, we're gonna get it out of the slow. way at last yeah i had my call a few days ago from Ooh, reese so call. those of you who have done a pegasus event before or are doing one this year will know that reese the um the race director who who we've had on the show several times now, he gives you a call and asks how you're getting on, which is like fantastic. I think that's such a lovely mm. personal touch. So yeah, he, he rang and I was like, oh shit. Cause when he rang, I was like, who's this? And I picked up, he's like, hey, it's Reese. I was like, oh my God, is it? it's nearly time. I feel so like, I think it's been such a long time preparing for this that now it's actually coming. I'm like, okay, this seems like really quick. Seems like and you're straight already. in with... 40 miles next to a canal uh, it's 42 miles which is even worse because i hate that like when we did the vogue on the first year and it was like 42 miles those last two miles were agony but i think it's because in my head i had it was 40 miles whereas i think if i just know from the beginning it's going to be 42 yeah. like it's just it's just going to be 42 so yeah it's going to be a challenge yeah because it's next to a canal and it's relatively flat so and it's 42 miles so yeah it's 42 miles but the thing is when you're running something that's relatively flat it's just knowing when to walk and when to run because I don't want to, 
I need to think of some sort of plan, I guess. I don't know. Like, I don't want to walk too much at the beginning because then I'm going to be feeling horrendous by the end, but I don't want to run too much. And then. Yeah, at least on it when there's a bit of varied terrain, there's a bit of an uphill, fine, I can walk. Bit of a downhill, yeah, I can run. But when it's just flat and you walk, you feel, you're just going to feel like, I should be running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just going to, it's going to really, it's going to get in your head a bit then about when you're running and when you're walking. You might end up running too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't want to do which I've done for my previous ultras, which is walk too much. I've walked way too much at the beginning. I've been way too over cautious about things. And then by the end, mm. I feel horrendous because I've just been out for too long. So, so yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, at the moment, the weather looks like it's going to be okay. So that'll be nice. Apparently, I don't need to wear trail shoes either because it's just canal and towpath. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I'm going to wear my road shoes. So it should be a bit more comfortable as well. Um, and that's it. I just, I'm, I'm in a bit of denial. I will say, and I said this to Reese, I was like, I have actually trained for this. Yeah. yeah. I, like the last, like, when I asked ultras that I did, I think the, the training, the actual training I did properly, I only went up to like 14 or 15 miles before a 40 mile run. And I've been, I've done a 22 mile run. I've done loads of like 16 and 18 mile runs. I've been hitting like 30 miles a week fairly regularly. So I feel like I have actually trained for this, yeah. you know? It'll be fine. fine. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't done... The only thing I'm worried about is, again, the time on feet. I feel like... I I mean, we did do five and a half hours out the other day, so that was good. But other than that, I feel like I should have more time on feet. But there's always that risk, isn't there, of then getting injured if you spend too long out doing stuff. So, you know... So keep an eye, hopefully I'll get Amy to send me some stuff and we can put it up on Instagram and Twitter and stuff on the 1st of April. No joke, haha, I'm sure there'll be a yeah. reference to that oh. in the uh, race, in the, uh, the in the briefing will be oh, some God. good bants. There'll be hey. some absolute bants and I probably will post on my Instagram as well. So if you want to go over and follow me, that's fine. My Instagram's private, but... <laughs> so you, don't follow me. If you're from, no, if you're from Running Sport BS, you can, you can follow me. But other than that, I'm in witness protection, so I can't just let anyone in. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So anyway, if you enjoyed this bullshit, visit runningsbs.com to see the show notes and the links from this episode. Hold back catalog. Patreon. Bye. Go to bed. Fucking hell. The children can fuck off.